Hi, this is Frank McKenna, the Chief Executive and Group Chairman of Downtown in Business. I'm really excited to announce that in March 2023, we'll be hosting a national conference, Changemakers Live, at the Knowledge Quarter, Liverpool, at the Spine Building, the award-winning Spine Building. And we'll be welcoming a host of fabulous speakers, including the Shadow Health Minister, Wes Streeting, the mastermind behind HS2, Lord Andrew Adonis, Ryan Wayne, who's the head of policy at the Tony Blair Institute, Colin Sinclair, the chief executive of the Knowledge Quarter, Jessica Bowles, she's the strategic director for property giant Bruntwood, and social media guru, and so much besides, Chrissy Wolf. They'll be among a number of speakers who'll be talking about the challenges and hopefully coming up with some solutions to those challenges that we all face in the business community in 2023 and no doubt we'll face those challenges beyond. Join us for what we think is going to be an amazing day of discussion and debate where we'll be asking, so what's the big idea? Go to all the W's, downtowninbusiness.com to book your tickets today. Welcome back to the Downtown Den podcast. And as you will know, during season two, we are talking to female business leaders, successful women from across the UK. And we're up to episode four already. Can you believe it? I'm delighted to be joined by a young woman, Hayley Palmer who has a fascinating job as a television presenter, focusing largely on the entertainment industry. And Hayley and I met um, through both being on GB News. Uh, And she's been an absolutely delightful companion when we've been waiting to go and get grilled by Esther McRae and Philip Davis from time to time. Um, So, Hayley, welcome to the Downtown Den. It's lovely to be here, and I love the fact that you called me young. That was a good start. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's young to me, Hayley, but you you look about 21, so... Oh, I'll give you that five minutes. I'm thinking that you... you... Yeah, thank you. Um, Now, listen, television presenter and focusing on the entertainment industry, that would be most people's idea of a dream job. Was that something, when you were a kid growing up, did you always think, I want to be on the telly? That's something that I want to do as a career. Yeah, it's a good question because I actually grew up as a dancer. So I started dancing when I was really little, about three years old. And I always took part in lots of competitions and festivals. So I always loved performing. And I knew that I always got in trouble at school for talking all the time. They were like, if Hayley just stopped talking and just did the work, she'd be really good. But no, I used to like be the one talking, laughing, having fun. And, but I love dancing. So I just danced every night after school. And then I set up my own dance school and I taught children. So they did uh, singing, acting and dancing and just really, really enjoyed it. And I looked at people on TV doing TV presenting and I thought, wow, that is the dream job. Like you say, that's something that I could only dream of. And weirdly, although I am very bubbly and fun, I just didn't quite have the confidence in my 20s to actually just go for it. Like something was holding me back. What would people say? What would people think of me? Could I do it? 
whereas now as I've got a little bit older I'm like absolutely I can this is what I'm doing and this is how it's done something just kind of changed within me but yeah it is the dream job and I do pinch myself but it is glamorous but there's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes to make it happen I wish it just did all come together but it doesn't you know I'm constantly emailing people I'm constantly working I'm constantly grafting and that's the bit that people don't see on Instagram for example because you just put the lovely bits of course but you know there are days where I just think oh you know am I gonna really step up and then I think no come on you've come this far keep going (laughs) let me take you back to to school then because you said your teachers were sort of saying you you could achieve great things academically, but you're a bit of a chatterbox. Um, Did you come out of school with decent qualifications? Did you go into further education or did you leave school at 16? I left school at 16 and it's funny because, yeah, every single teacher said exactly the same and my parents were just like, we just give up with you. At least you're happy. At least our child is happy. And I was happy. I had lots of friends, had a lovely time, but I didn't really have any focus at all. You know, when they sit you down in a careers meeting and they said, what do you want to be? And I said, Butler's Redcoat. And they were like, absolutely not. You need a proper job. Don't be so ridiculous. They just slammed me right down. So I thought, oh, okay. So I ended up doing a secretarial course, which is so not me. But my mum was like, oh, come on, you need something to fall back on. And I would just be sat in the cafe, not doing a lot, to be honest. So looking back now, I wish I had known earlier because I could have really focused and done exactly the courses I would need maybe to be a presenter but I just didn't know and sometimes you don't know and that's okay like some people still don't know I feel grateful that I have found my passion because when I get up every day I know that's my dream I know I've got to work I know I've got to be a better version of myself that I was yesterday to strive forward and yeah it came later on in life for me I was just partying in my 20s no focus at all but happy but just didn't really care (laughs) (laughs) And you mentioned that you set up a a dance school. What what, sort of what age were you when you decided to do that, Hayley? That was in my 20s. So I worked for a company called Stagecoach, where children did singing, acting and dancing. So I worked for for them for about 10 years. Then I set up my own one with my friend as well, because I can't sing. So she did the singing and more the acting and I did the dancing. But I loved it. I love teaching children. There's something really special about that. And I loved giving back to them. And, you know, we had so much fun. I still keep in contact with quite a lot of the students that I used to teach. And we, ha- you know, I-, I just made sure that they had good manners and that they had lots of confidence. And, you know, we, we-, we did that and it-, it was fun. It was, it was fun at the time. And obviously you come across as a very confident Uh, articulate woman and that carries over into your television presenting but I just wonder if you did any either amateur or professional uh, acting drama as you were growing up whether that be in school or whether that be afterwards yeah I did school plays I mean my mum was very proud she's still got the pictures (laughs) Um, and like I say lots of dancing competitions which I think Maybe uh, the confidence came from dancing, dancing on stage, uh, dancing in festivals. And and maybe if I hadn't have done that, that that wouldn't have helped me now. But I I feel like that was good stead for what I do now, for sure. Um, But I definitely think it is uh, presenting is 
is half loving what you do, the confidence, and and half putting in the hard work. I think it's it's both that you need to succeed. You see, one of the frustrations I have with our education system is it's so geared towards academia and in particular English and maths. And I'm crap at maths, you know. Me I'm, too. Just, <laughs> I'm just awful at maths. And so, you know, the one th- some of the things that, that I think we ought to pay a bit more attention to are things like drama, performing arts, uh, sport, because a lot of people, a lot of kids will excel in those things. And actually, as you say, they can give you so much confidence. And as you're growing up, half of the, half of the, well, certainly I'll speak for myself now, Hayley, fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> so if you can go into any, whether it be an interview, whether it be onto stage to speak to an audience, whether it be into a television or a radio studio, if you go in there with some confidence and with at least a little bit of experience of getting up in front of people, that helps massively. And so it always interests me when I speak to obviously very confident people like yourself, that very often they'll have done something when they were growing up, when they were kids, in terms of that performing arts. And obviously dancing was your thing and that was one of the things that held you yeah I totally agree because I did feel a bit lost actually because I I do have this big personal personality and at school like I say I got in trouble at college I got in trouble uh whenever I did a normal job as we say in an office I'd always get in trouble <laughs> and I thought what's wrong with me like why can't I be normal and just like everyone else just be quiet the whole day nine to five and I I I started to really question myself, but I feel like everyone has a gift and everyone has a purpose. And some people may be really good at doing their job in an office and some people may be really good on the stage and you've got to find your thing. And now I've found my thing. I'm like, yes, I love it. And people are like, wow, do you get nervous before you go on? I'm like, no, not really, because I know that I can handle it and I love it. And so, so they couldn't do what I do, but I couldn't do what they do. But you're right at school. I don't know if it's changed now, but certainly when I was at school back in the day, you know, like you say, they shut me down anything theatrical. It had to be something like a proper job. And, and actually looking back, was that the best advice? Probably not. I needed to do something in the entertainment field, you know, and, and I think it might have changed a little bit more now because people want to be influencers and stuff. I, I don't know how they deal with that at schools. But um, certainly when I was teaching children, I was saying, yeah, you know, like follow your dream, follow your passion. Life's too short, I, like, especially when you're miserable. When I would work in an office, I would literally wake up and think of excuses to not go in. And that's no way to live. Whereas now I'm like, Okay, I love it. I can't wait to go in, and 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 it's it's a different feeling. So I definitely think you need to find what your gift is, and absolutely run with it. And let me take you back to the dance school. Then was that a business that you you were running? Was that a full time job that you had at that time, or was it something that you were doing as well as sort of the admin, the office stuff that you didn't particularly enjoy? <laughs> um, well, we would run the school on a Saturday. And we'd love to say it was just a Saturday job, but it wasn't. You have to be recruiting constantly. We would be going in school assemblies, getting more kids to come. Um, so it, it kind of was a, a lot of work that went on behind the scenes, keeping everyone happy, especially when you're putting on the production, uh, 
we'd want to make it the best we could. So it, it was a lot of work. And also I would freelance teach. So I teach uh, dancing. I teach uh, like Boom and Latin classes, which went down well, especially when Strictly was on. I teach Zumba, aerobics. <laughs> I was just jumping around all day, which is great for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. And then I went to work in an office to earn some more money. And really that was the worst part of my life mentally because I felt really rubbish but also the best part of my life because that is the point that one day I went no more of this this is not for me I don't care about the money and I actually sat in the office and I googled how to become a tv presenter and there wasn't really much there wasn't really much to help it was like an alien thing it's like what am I going to do but there was actually a work experience uh, that you could apply for at ITV studios and I thought, am I too old? If I left it too late in my life, it's like work experience, something you should do when you're 16. But something was like, no, you've got to do this. You've got to make a change. And that is when I hated it so much that I changed direction. So sometimes these things happen to make you completely turn a different path. You'll be aware, Hayley, that uh, people who get up every day of the week for you know, from the age of 16 to the age of 65 when they retire, they're waiting for the gold clock. They don't particularly enjoy the job. They don't particularly like getting up in the morning. As you say, they're looking for excuses as to why they, they shouldn't go to work. So you clearly have got something in you that basically said, listen, you know, this isn't good enough for me. I've got to make something of my life work. I'm getting up every day. I'm enjoying it. And I'm actually going to utilise the talents that I've got. And I think that's great in itself for people to have that self-belief. And as you said earlier, we've all got something in us. It's just finding that thing. In terms of when you've decided to come a, become a present, no, television presenter, which is just fantastic, um, and you've Googled it. So do you approach ITV at that stage? Is that what happens next? Yeah, so I did my work experience with ITV and it was funny because I thought it was going to be this really glamorous job and he literally sat me in front of a computer and was like oh could you just do this spreadsheet and I thought oh no this is not what I've signed up for like this is this is my worst nightmare I don't want to sit here all day doing this so I actually spoke to the big boss and everyone was like I can't believe you're doing that and I was like no I'm here for two weeks like I need to make this quite clear I said listen can I go down to this morning can I go down to Loose Women? I want to gain some experience. And and I, I thought I'd gone too far. But actually, the next morning, I went down to this morning and I sat there and I watched Holly and Phil present their show. And I just thought, this is where I want to be. This is Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that boss now is, is still a really good friend. And, and he got up on the last day and he said, thank you so much to Hayley Palmer, who did not complete the spreadsheet. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so I, I do think you have to be a little bit like that to be in the industry. I was in the lifts. I was chatting to everyone. I was making cups of tea for everyone. I go, oh, what do you do here? And I was just making contact. You know, I'd left it so late. I just thought, I, this is my chance now. And, and weirdly, those contacts are still friends, you know, through social media which has actually been quite good in that respect and now they still follow what I do and you know we help each other so um yeah you you have to be a bit get up and go I think to be in the street I mean I'd love to sit here and wait for my doorbell to ring and someone say oh would you like to come on the tv it just doesn't work like that you've got to 
do it in a, in a nice way, respectful way, but but you have to, you have to push yourself. Yeah, you've got to be a bit cheeky. That first, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, again, because obviously we've met quite a few times now uh, down at the GB News Studios. You know, the fact is that it can because it is a new studio. Uh, some of the guests uh, on there are uh, quite serious. You know, the cover that I go on largely to talk about business and politics. You have sort of a lot of politicos in that, what we describe, I suppose, as the green room. Uh, you know, if you're in the industry, darling, we call it the green room. And um, you burst in and the whole place comes <laughs> alive because it's just like you don't care. You do not give a shit who's there. If... Rishi Sunak and Kia Starmer were in the room. You would just burst in and start talking about what Brad Pitt was up to at the moment or what Jennifer Aniston had had for her breakfast. And that's fantastic because you do absolutely live in the place up. I can see why you are an attractive proposition for television studios, for uh, these radio shows that you do. Because, as I say, you've just got that big personality. And from what you're saying... That big personality is what you had at school, but sadly got you into a bit of trouble. Then. Exactly. Bizarre, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is quite bizarre. In fact, my maths teacher actually messaged me. I think it was on Facebook and was like, well done, Hayley, you're doing really well. And I was like, well, yeah, but I did fail maths with a D and I really wanted that C, but never mind. We'll let that go. Glad you're tuning in. Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, I do love people. I absolutely like love different characters and I think that probably is a good skill for presenting because I kind of mirror someone's personality when I'm presenting with them so in lockdown I did so many different interviews and you know I would just match match their energy or of, of how they behave and, and like you say when I walk into the green room it's that's sometimes the best bit of GB news when you walk in and you meet so many different people so many different contacts it's really good fun and it's just a nice vibe there. I really do enjoy my little Saturdays. Um, and Esther and Phil have been absolutely incredible to me. They've really helped me and they are the perfect people to present with. It's a really friendly group of people, actually, that run that station, isn't it? It's, um, you know, you can go into, I won't name names, but you can go into certain places and it's a bit stuffy and, and you almost feel as though they're doing you a favour. Whereas a GB, it very much is a case of, oh, great to see you. And, you know, can't do enough for you, can they? It's really, really friendly place. Yeah, it's so welcoming. I mean, I remember the first time I went on and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is live TV. Because I hadn't done live TV before. <laughs> I'd always done pre-recorded stuff. Uh, but actually, you do get that real adrenaline with that live TV, which I, I love. But, yeah, I remember like, everyone just made me feel really welcome and it wasn't too pressurized at all but you're right I've been to places and it's a weird atmosphere and uh yeah I don't like that that's what I think is so appealing about GB News it's definitely really fun and relaxed and chilled and you get to meet really great people. Hayley we were in that green room one time and I can't remember the exact details of this but you prepared to present on a particular story and the producer came in and said, oh, Hayley, great to see you. We want you to do this. And it was sort of 10 minutes before you were due to go on air. As you say, it's live. And again, you know, just for those people who don't see this sort of thing going on, uh, initially your face dropped and you went white for a second. 
But then all of a sudden, you'd sort of got in the zone, you were taking notes, you were Googling whatever the story was that he was asking you to make comments on. Does that often happen to you in terms of the work that you do? Because I guess, you know, in the entertainment business, it is such a fast-paced, fast-moving thing that you may have researched for two or three days on something, but if something breaks that particular morning, that particular day you're going on air, then they'll expect you to comment on that. Yeah, it does happen quite a lot, actually. But I do think as a showbiz reporter, you should be up on most stories. But you're right, some things can just hit at the last minute. And when I research my stories, I usually look about Wednesday for Saturday. And I get quite obsessed by the stories. I start memorising little bits and I'm kind of in the zone. So when they change it, you kind of go, oh, my goodness. But then you just have to think, hang on, let me get at least three points that I can get over on TV and I'm going to put my spin on there it's happened at the last minute I'm doing my best so the best thing to do is not panic if you can although you kind of like you're feeling it but you just got to relax and just do it in in your own way really but uh yeah there's been a couple of times where they've even said on air oh we're going to now be talking about the Oscars and I'm thinking no we're not we're not talking about the Oscars but it's how you deal with it someone taught me once it's not the mistakes you make it's how you deal with that mistake. So I kind of be like, oh yeah, we're really looking forward to the Oscars. However, what I want to talk about is, and then you get over what you want to talk about. Um, actually, my mum says that I do that quite a lot. She's like, sometimes you just don't answer the question. You just do what you want, which is what I was like at school. They'd answer, you'd ask the GCSE math question and I do my own version. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means that your next career can be in politics. <laughs> Because politicians never answer the question either. So I say that as an ex-politician. So, so, so as, as you, you've said, you know, television presenting, it's, it's a career that not many people would think of. And if they did, it'd be, oh, how do we get into that? Is that, you know, there isn't necessarily, well, maybe there is, but I'm not, I'm not aware of sort of university courses. And, you know, there's media and marketing, those sort of things but not presenting as such. And then I suppose the other side of this coin is that when you're in that industry sector, you are very much an individual. So you've got to promote yourself. You've got, you've got to go out and hustle for your own work, for your own gigs. And you've got to do the research and get to know what's happening in the industry that's going to make you sound interesting and, and maybe have a little bit of an inside track. So... What does that look like? Are you out every night? Are you at different dinners, different events? How do you go about finding out what's happening in that huge industry that is entertainment? I am out a lot, actually. And people are like, Hayley, do you ever have a night in? And I'm like, no, I don't actually, because I am on a mission. I haven't got time to waste. And I think I've been going out so much that now I know all the PR companies. So they send me all the invitations, which is lovely. I must admit, when I first started, I was thinking, what can I blag my way into here? Because I didn't know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's lovely because I get the invitations. I can invite my friends. And that's such a lovely thing for me to do. And I say to my friend, oh, do you want to come to a film premiere? We're going to get picked up in a Jaguar. And it's, it's like really exciting um, to be able to take an old school friend or something like that. That's where I get my real pleasure from. Um, but when I go out, I am having a lovely time, but I do ensure I network. Like if there's someone that I want for my show, I don't have any fear. Like I go up to someone and just be like, do you know what? I'd love you to come on. It's really chill and relaxed. We have a really good time. You know, how can I get in contact with your management or whatever? 
And then you've got a little bit of a loop in before you just go cold in with an email. So I'm constantly networking with people and constantly following up the next day. Sometimes it takes me a good hour the next day, the amount of people I've met. I'm like, it was great to meet you. You know, let's have coffee, let's have lunch because it's all about who you know. An email, yeah, great. You send out 50 emails, you might get one yes. But if you've met the person, that is the key. But most people don't want to do that, especially the English. We'll be like, oh, I don't want to approach them. But most people that you approach, especially if they've had a Prosecco, they're really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the line so far. Especially if they've had a Prosecco, the great, the piss, the smashing. So, <laughs> so, so here's a couple of questions then. So the best events that you've been to, you know, some of your highlights, because as you say, you are now what we describe as an influencer. You've got like loads and loads of followers on social media. Then you've got all these programs that you uh, appear on. You've got your own show as well. So you're getting invited to all these great gigs. Um, and then the follow-up question to that, I suppose, is who are the people that you've been able to um, either get onto your program or um, meet who you're like, wow, I never, ever thought I'd be able to have a conversation with those guys? Well, the best events I've been to, I'd say, is probably some of the premieres, like the James Bond premiere, uh, the, yeah, Top Gun um, things like that where you just have to pinch yourself when they've got royalty there. I'm like, how am I even stop here? This is hilarious. But you have to blend in. You can't just be like, oh, can I have a selfie? You've got to know your crowd, you know. So I kind of play it cool <laughs> with the royals. Yeah. Um, Charlie, yeah, we, we, can I have a selfie, please? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I'd say the, uh, the, the person that I interviewed that I was like, wow, I interviewed Michael Jackson's nephew. He's called TJ Jackson. And I love Michael Jackson. I love Michael Jackson music. And I just sat there and just so fascinated. He was absolutely a real delight, considering we've had such different upbringings. Um, we chatted for ages. He was like, oh, you must come to LA. We'll do an interview. You know, it's just it's things like that that you just go, wow, you're going to pinch yourself because that's amazing. I also had Michael Bolton on my Christmas Day show last year. And I was like, what a legend. He's my mum's favourite. I was like, how's this absolutely happened? But I really believe in manifesting. So I sometimes will think I'm going to get that person on my show. I call it law of assumption. Like you just know it's going to happen. And other people might go, you're deluded. But I'm not. I'm just like, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to get that person. I break down the steps. Is it that hard? They're just a normal person. Of course they can come on the show. Lucky them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the, absolutely the right attitude to have. And have you ever had anybody, and you don't necessarily have to name the individuals, but you, you, you've had people, guests on your program who you just, they're just tough. They're just difficult to deal with. And you find actually you're doing more talking than they are. And that, as an interviewer, I know that's the worst position to be in, isn't it? When you feel as though you've got to fill the gaps. Does that happen to you often or is it? Yeah, when I first started, people didn't know who I was at all. Um, and I found that tough because you're kind of trying to prove yourself. And they're kind of like, we don't even know who you are. Like someone actually said to me, who are you? And, and they were like, do you know who I am? It's all this kind of thing that you just go, oh, my goodness. Anyway, one person, we're not going to name who they were. They were actually so rude. And I feel like because I'm bubbly and fun and sweet that people can sometimes tip mistake your weakness 
No, your kindness for weakness. So someone's being quite rude and quite deverish to me. And I know people were going through things in lockdown. Not everyone was having a great time. I, you know, so I was trying to be like, okay, I'm going to let that go, how they've just spoken to me. But they were actually so rude that I said, do you know what? This is not the vibe. Like, this is a real happy, fun show. I think we should leave this for another day because you've got to keep your boundaries with people. You can't let people take advantage of you, which is something I probably wouldn't have done in my 20s because I'd have been like, oh, God. But I'm like, no, 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 no. This is definitely not okay. And it's definitely not going to get better from here. And then weirdly, when I said that, they snapped out of it. And they actually sent me an email afterwards. And they were like, Hayley, we're really sorry. Like, you know, the way we spoke, you know, wasn't in a good place, whatever. And I was like, no, no, don't don't worry. It's, 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 it's okay. But yeah, sometimes, you know, people might be going through things. I don't know. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. But there is also that line of disrespect, I think. It doesn't matter who you're talking to because you don't know when things are going to change. You, just because a person's a star at the moment, you don't know that they've come out of Love Island and might go completely down next year. So I think it's important to be really nice to everyone that you meet. You just don't know what's going to happen in the future. And that brings me on to my next question, really, because you just mentioned Love Island and reality television has got mixed reviews, if I can put it that way. And I'm not talking about the quality of the programmes. Um, you know, my daughter, Beth, absolutely loves Love Island. I've never watched the thing. So, you know, it's it, it's interesting. It's on tonight. Um, <laughs> it is. I believe it's new series, isn't it? I'll get to know all about it through Beth, I'm sure. But... This brings me back to the other point and perhaps, you know, does go back to when you're at school and, and we've sort of talked about the disadvantages in a sense of not necessarily being interested in academia or overly interested in academia and they're not, and they're not being a pathway for people like you who have got, you know, talent and ability in performing arts or presenting that sort of thing i suppose the other side of that same coin though Haley, is that when kids are watching you know at 14 or 15 these people who go onto an island who then become almost famous overnight these days because there's huge audiences for these things and then they become social media influencers and all that sort of stuff but you've just made the point a lot of them, within a year, they've crashed and burned. They haven't got that fame. You know, they've had it, but they've lost it very quickly. Some of them handle that okay. Some of them not so well, of course. Do you think we're in danger because of this sort of instant fame that some people get now? That there's kids out there who see that and think, well, I don't have to do me English, me maths, me science, because actually I'm just going to get on the telly and I'll be famous. It's not that easy, is it, Henry? It is, as you've mentioned a few times now, it's bloody hard work. Mm. Yeah, weirdly, I went into my old college and uh, some of them were saying to me, yeah, I want to be an influencer. Like, I want to be on Love Island, literally. And I was like, okay. Um, but <laughs> I have interviewed most Love Island contestants and most people from reality shows. And... It's, it's, it's quite painful sometimes because not all of them, but some of them, you just know, like it's not going to work out. And, and it's the mental health bit that is concerning because that must pay such havoc. Because imagine literally everyone wanting to know you. You've been invited to every red carpet event. You've got millions and millions of followers. 
and you're getting so much attention, you can hardly walk down the street. And then when that fades out, then that is when the problems really do kick in with the mindset and there's nobody really to help them. And that is why they feel like they can't even go and get a normal job, shall we say, because if they do, they're being the press going on such and such as working in Sainsbury's and, and it's, it's looked down on, which it shouldn't be because we all have to pay our rent. We all have to graft. Um, but we have come into uh, a kind of phase where, like you say, so many people want to go on Love Island. And I just think, I, I don't know how they're going to stop it because it is just such a big thing. It's a massive thing, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, things have changed massively. And, and it's interesting when you interview people from the 70s and 80s and 90s, it's just totally different to how it is now. I sound really old school, but you know, they had to work and most of them didn't just get lucky. They worked and worked and worked till they got what they wanted, a record deal. And you can see they really appreciate it because they've had to work for something. Anything that you get instantly, you just, you know, it just doesn't mean anything. But when you like worked your way up, then you know, you really do appreciate it. So, you know, not for everyone. Some people like Molly May from Love Island, for example, is done incredibly well some of them really hit the jackpot but I'd say that's quite a small percentage most of them or people that I've interviewed now I think oh what are they up to now you know like from a couple of years ago for example so you know as long as they're happy that's the main thing but I have spoken to quite a few of them that it's quite a cause for concern and as I said you know it, I think it's always a salutary lesson to to young people in particular that you know, it can look all glamorous and it can look as though it's easy and it is all party. Um, but actually, there's a lot of hard work and you can, um, without too much, um, happening really f- fall off that pedestal. Uh, and as you say, particularly with reality TV, you're only famous whilst that series is on. You know, there's a new group of people on that love island now. It's the same with Big Brother in the past and X Factor. You know, all of these shows, those people are really famous when millions of people are watching every Saturday night or whenever. But, of course, the next series comes along. There's another cohort of people. And people's attention span now is so short that they just want the next new thing, don't they? So it's, oh, well, let's see who's on now. Well, what about so-and-so? Oh, yeah, well, they were last year. (laughs) So... And that comes back to Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and that comes back really to to you and your own personal career. Um, because you will be keenly conscious of that because you see it all the time. And so that means you've got to stay current, you've got to stay relevant, and as you said before, you've got to make sure that that network is consistent and is growing. Um, so give us some Tips as to, you know, what a, a typical day in the life of television presenter Haley is. Well, each day is different. I have to say that it really does depend on uh, the schedule. But for example, I would get up and I would do my mindset work. Anything from 20 minutes to an hour. I'm not joking because this is the key to keeping sane in this industry. So I do my meditation. I do visualization of my dream. So I look at my vision board and I'm like, yeah, that's my goal. And like, I've already made it. Like in my head, I I convince myself that I'm already there. And then I do affirmations and I listen to podcasts, like really positive podcasts. So I get myself in the right state of mind 
for the day because I know I can then handle whatever comes my way. I'm in a good way and yeah, I'm going to, you know, going to smash the day. Then I go to the pool and I do my 50 lengths every single morning. In fact, I say to the gym, if I don't turn up, something's wrong with me, give me a call. Like I have my swimming costume by my bed and I'm in that pool every single day. <laughs> then I, if I'm filming, um, if I've got a bit of time to do some emails and stuff, so I've got my to-do list, which by the way, I've set the night before. So I do three things the night before. And it might just be really basic things like send that email, but at least I've done it and at least I'm feeling good and I'm on a starting the roll for the day. So do that. And then I usually filming sometimes in the afternoon with guests for my show. So a lot of work goes on behind the scenes to make sure that's okay. Like I book the venue, you know, sound check is the, is, is the you know, I get involved with the technical stuff as well because I want it to be the best quality. There's nothing worse for me than things being bad quality. I can't stand it. So you know, we're making sure getting there an hour before and um, like I say, sound check, uh, you know, visually, is it okay? Um, looking after the guests, dealing with their management, dealing with their agent, dealing with their PR, making sure they're really comfortable, having an amazing time. I've done my research on the guests. I've tried to get little things that other people wouldn't get. Um, so that can take like all afternoon. And then I go to an event in the evening and end up with five guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sounds like quite a full-on day. <laughs> so. I mean, it can change. Sometimes I do radio or sometimes, you know, TV news or whatever. It changes day yeah, to day. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. if I ha- put it this way, if I haven't got anything on, I'm sitting there doing my admin things. And if I have got something on, then I'm prepped well in advance to get there on time. And you know what these things are like. Like, just because you're rocking up at 9 o'clock, no, I probably got up at 5 o'clock. Yeah. And I guess that's one of the attractions to the job, isn't it? The fact that every day is different. Uh, there are loads of things for you to do, but as you say, you can wake up. And even sometimes when your day is planned, something will happen, won't it? You get a call from a television station or a media platform to say, can you do this for us? And everything changes. And you're the sort of person, I guess, who thrives on that sort of thing. Yeah, if a story breaks that's entertainment wise then it's good for me in a way because everyone then wants to chat about it um so yeah that could be last minute uh going on bbc radio or or you know gb news or something so that's fine and actually i love doing something different every day i love that every day is not the same i mean my routine is my mindset my swimming that's like non-negotiable but everything else yeah it could literally change or literally get invited to a great event last minute but i'm like can i go to that yes i can because this is an opportunity that we need to take. And a year ago, you'd have given your right arm for this opportunity. So that's another thing. Sometimes I invite my friends to things and they're like, oh, I need more notice. And I'm like, no, come on, see the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, before I let you go, um, clearly you've got a whole range of things going on at this moment in time. You know, you've got your social media platforms, you've got your radio, you've got your television stuff. But if I was to say to you, Haley, in 12 months' time, I'm going to give you a year's contract for whatever television job you want. What would that be? Ah! Are we going to play this back in a year's time? Um, well, I'd, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say the dream is this morning. Of course, that's, that is the absolute dream. With Ryland, just put it out there to the universe. <laughs> what a show that would be 
by the way. What Would Ryland get a word in edgeways? <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, Hayley, it's been absolutely great catching up with you. Lovely to see you. Uh, and obviously, we'll hopefully see you again at, uh, at GB News in the not-too-distant future. Um, listen, just some fantastic insights there into not just you know your own personality, but I think some great tips for anybody who is looking to get into the media. Um, and as you said, you know, lots of hard work, bit of cheat, um, doesn't do any harm to have some experience in terms of performing, whether that be in drama, whether that be dance. Um, and, and I think the other thing that's come across to me is that, you know, to do the job that you do, you really have to have a big personality. Uh, and you've certainly got that. And I've really, you know, the last 45 minutes or so, flown by. Uh, you haven't disappointed and you'd be a great guest on the Downtown Den podcast. So thank you very much for joining us. And as I say, hope to see you again very soon. Oh, and thank you so much for having me, honestly. This has been so much fun. I'm glad you've cut me off here because I could have kept talking for another five hours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a great podcast. Thank you. And if anyone's got any questions, then please drop me a message. I'm on Instagram, uh, Hayley Palmer underscore presenter or on Twitter uh, at presenter Haley, and if you've got any questions about getting into the industry, even if you're just thinking about it, just drop me a message, and I will guide you in the right direction because I know what it's like when you're not in the industry. Fantastic! Thanks very much, Haley. And all those details you will be able to see in the uh, little intro that we have for the podcast. Uh, and honestly, she's such a fantastic, fantastic person to have got to know. If only known her briefly, but uh, as I say, that's fascinating, 45 minutes or so that we've just had. Great Downtown Dead podcast. Thanks, Hayley. See you again soon. This season of the Downtown Dead podcast, we are focusing on inspirational female business leaders. And on Friday, the 10th of March, we're hosting our annual Women in Business Awards at the Crown Plaza Hotel. We'll be celebrating the best in business from across the Liverpool City region. And if you haven't voted for your favourite female business leader yet, go to our website, all the W's downtownandbusiness.com, have a look at the nominees and vote for your favourites. If you've not booked a ticket yet, what are you waiting for? It's a great day, a great occasion. We'd love to see you there. Tickets are going fast. Again, get to our website, downtownandbusiness.com, Book your tickets today.